0: and a warm welcome to all of you. Glad you could join our podcast. My name is Kate Pohl, and I'm a freelance advisor, consultant, and coach with a long and very heavy background in commercial banking. My partner is Stephen Batiste, the CTO and head of TIS, Treasury Intelligence Solutions. And he is our resident tech wizard. Stephen began writing code at age seven and designing video games when he was just a mere teenager. And he's never looked back since. Our topic today is APIs or Application Programming Interface. In late 2020, McKinsey spoke of reimagining transaction banking with B2B APIs. It sounds like a tall order, maybe even a tall tale to me, but everyone's talking about APIs, and yet few of us really understand them. And this is about to change. So without further ado, I'd like to start my interview with Stephen. So Stephen, what are APIs really?
1: So if you really want to know? Yeah. An API is an interface that defines interactions between software applications or mixed hardware and software intermediaries. Uh, They're usually fairly small server-side applications can be written in a variety of different languages hosted on various runtimes and different operating systems. And they really enable developers to build faster and easier ways of connecting. Web services mostly are using APIs. So people usually associate an API with a web service.
0: OK, fair enough. But how can APIs actually help banking and, indeed, finance?
1: So APIs, as we know, have been almost synonymous with open banking. the art of data access. And they they really allow third parties to leverage data and initiate payments. And and the big thing for banking and finance is connectivity. There's there's many systems out there and it enables them to connect together and work better as an ecosystem.
0: Okay, fair enough. But why have they become so popular and important just now? Are they new? Um, Have they surfaced before?
1: Very strangely, they are not new. In fact, they actually originated in the 1940s.
0: Oh, come on.
1: Uh, So yeah, a very long time ago. Uh, The the term API didn't really emerge until the 60s, so still 60 years ago. (laughs) They allow for faster innovation, uh, and that's really why they become popular now, because it allows you to innovate quicker. Barriers to change, they're also reduced, and it just allows more people to contribute. So all all pretty much good positives for the modern day ecosystem of collaboration.
0: That sounds excellent. What about API standards? Are they all alike? Uh, Are there any rules?
1: I definitely wish they were alike, but no, no two APIs are the same. I don't think there's a case of any API being the same, similar even to another API. Same with banks, no bank API is the same. They all have different products, with different endpoints. And it's really difficult to, to actually make an ecosystem that has similar things.
0: Wow. Okay. In Europe, us normal folk seem to have learned about APIs at the beginning of, say, the PSD2 legislation, open banking. Um, or were they actually important before when I think of 1960s? Wow.
1: <laughs> so the, the neobanks have definitely taken advantage of APIs for the fintech ecosystem. Uh, They don't have the big infrastructure of the larger banks. So they have to have more connectivity to other providers to provide certain services. Uh, So they really need to to use it. And it just abstracts the way the underlying implementations, only exposing the objects or actions needed. And so really it's a a great way for them to, to just be able to abstract and communicate with other fintechs to be able to compete with the the big banks.
0: Okay, fair enough. But what about the UK versus Europe? Do we have more harmony here despite or because or including Brexit?
1: Um, Not really at all. The UK has its own defined standards. Uh, The EU doesn't match with these standards. Uh, So not at all.
0: Oh, dear. So if if the UK has standards, um, that makes them very happy, right? So they're they're in great shape.
1: Uh, They probably wish so, but no, not really at all. Again, uh, these standards confine and limit. So if you're a bank and you have features that you want to be able to expose, the standard says you can't do so. So you may be better than another bank, but you can't show that because you have to confine yourself to the lowest common denominator. So it's also not the solution.
0: Ooh, that sounds really icky. All right. Well, what about, okay, premium or super APIs? What are they and how are they different to the regular variety?
1: So so as mentioned before, banks do have a lot of data that's not covered by the PSD2 mandate. uh, And they want to deliver this to the product. APIs do not allow this because of the PSD2 mandate doesn't give them the option to be able to share this through APIs. So they have to just really focus on products without APIs being delivered.
0: Wow, okay. So why have banks been so slow to react and really
1: embrace
0: APIs?
1: So banks typically saw this as a compliance exercise It's expensive, so they did the bare minimum. Why do stuff if you don't believe in it? So they just did the bare minimum to cover the compliance as they saw it. Uh, Banks are traditionally batched. They've been around since the beginning of computing, doing batches. APIs are more real-time based. So it's a bit of a different mindset for how you you actually organize your your infrastructure for your uh, IT systems. And just legacy systems slow down the innovation.
0: Yeah, that is an issue. All right. If we think of APIs, um, or maybe APIs to the side for a moment, banks are very concerned right now with being disintermediated by fintechs and others, big tech, etc. If this is happening, or let's say, are APIs contributing to this happening?
1: I think because of the fintech ecosystem being built, banks can definitely see this as maybe a threat to them. Um, I don't think it's actually true. Banks are still the foundation of banking and it should theoretically make it easier for them. Uh, Multi-banking options, one-stop shopping, it just brings a lot more choice and they could still be the backbone for the, the fintechs themselves if they provide APIs in the right way.
0: I've been a banker for a long time. That's, I find that very reassuring and I do happen to agree. Okay, now we come to one of my favorite questions. Why APIs and not screen scraping? It sounds horrible. Uh, what are the issues? Is, is, it, is it as bad as I think it is?
1: It's definitely as horrible as it sounds. Mm. It's the physical process of, if you can't get at the data directly or even through the products, you go directly to the screen and you pull the data off the screen. So, imagine a web page with data that you want to, to acquire. You, you pull it from the render view of the web page. Uh, and as we all know, web pages today are not the same as they were 10 years ago. So, you can lose data, things are always changing. And it's just a very, very messy way of doing it. It's a lot better to have direct access to the data for not only speed, but also reliability.
0: Okay, that's too bad. Uh, as I mentioned, McKinsey seems to think that APIs can help transaction banks compete against niche fintechs. But what about banks collaborating with a- uh, through API with fintechs? You work for a fintech, what do you think?
1: Well, I think banks can no longer keep relationships captive through technology. Uh, instead, they should really be serving a greater portion of corporate user needs. With an ecosystem of API based products and services. And for this platform is key. Now all products and services need to be priority on the platform. You can bring in other components and and really collaboration is just the name of the game going forwards.
0: Okay, well, that sounds very promising. So what are the kind of value added services or use cases that you see through using APIs?
1: Uh, Like Forex and hedging products make sense to me. Uh, lending and credit data, it works really well at a holistic picture. So it's you can actually get more data than a single bank can do if it's done through a third party service. And just fraud prevention and protection, uh, just make the systems more user friendly and safer for users.
0: Okay, so you can really break down some of those silos and get two additional data that way it sounds like. Definitely. Okay. Great. Okay, so when we think about APIs, um, what about APIs for retail versus APIs for wholesale applications? Is one more important than the other? Is retail a better use case? Um, How does this help retail versus wholesale?
1: So definitely today, more use cases and and traction comes from the innovation in the retail space. Then fintechs are really leading this with the neobanks. APIs are becoming more important in the corporate space to improve connectivity and access. Uh, the big banks really do create the foundation. And as we know, retail banking doesn't make the profits it used to make from the old days. So I think that there's a really a space here where the, the big banks can actually provide something to the corporate users that, that, that is very profitable and provides a good backbone to the, to the systems and the ecosystem that's been created
0: okay so what are what are the next steps i mean today as you know you alluded to the fact that there are new use cases that are opening up isn't that more open finance and open data how do we get there
1: uh there's always my favorite legislation i think if we're going to open up data we need to make sure it's done in a safe way that doesn't break the rules and doesn't make people compromised in any way whatsoever market standards more market standards would be good. Globalization of minimum standards so we can make a global banking system. It's just too different. There's too many countries all doing different things. And and really just people coming together and and meeting at tables and, and just working together for the greater good of banking rather than waiting for legislation to actually tell them what to do.
0: So a little bit more self-policing and self uh, coming up with our own ideas as an industry rather than waiting for government to tell us what to do, correct?
1: Definitely, yes.
0: Okay. So are we, when we think of this whole topic, what about Europe versus, you know, the U.S. or China or LATAM? Are we out in front or where are we in the pack?
1: We like to think we are, but in reality, we're not.
0: <laughs> of course uh, not
1: <laughs> china is definitely leading uh, they have the very tech orientated when it comes to banking they have alipay and wechat uh, users can stay within the same environment to do all the banking needs never need to go to a bank it's just so convenient everybody can send money to each other easily it's just a really nice ecosystem the us is trying to do similar things but the behind as well and They have the same problems really that Europe does. I I think that Europe and the US are probably about the same position. Maybe the UK is a little further just because they do have the standards, but the standards that they brought with open banking really don't allow the innovation needed that we we need to keep going.
0: Okay, understood. Um, Who's really embracing APIs and why?
1: Well, of course, the banks, because they were told to do so by regulation.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: fintechs, just because the smaller players in the big ecosystem, so they need the connectivity to connect with other fintechs in order to do the services. And then we, there's other services that facilitate between the two, like Plaid, yep, yapali, Salt Edge, FiniCity, many, many more.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um- when I think of corporates, because that's obviously a key point for both of us, um, they seem to be waiting for the market to come up with standards uh, to make the con the connectivity or the connection to banks and other fintechs easier. Do you think that's likely in our lifetimes?
1: In a <laughs> lifetime, maybe if your aim is only to net to one for the, for the multi-banks connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, common endpoints are really, really going to offer the basic level of service or features. Uh, Each API still needs its own authentication, authorization, maintenance, and token management. So it's, yeah, even if we get this APIs working together nicely with the same endpoints, still connecting to those APIs and the authentication around it is going to be very tedious a process. I
0: was afraid you were going to say all that. Okay. Um, my last question has to do with regulation. You know, do you see a new PSD-3 coming? What do you think is next? Any thoughts on that? Any ideas?
1: Um, I definitely see a new PSD-3 um, or maybe a PSD 2.1. <laughs> it doesn't seem as scary, but but we definitely need more requirements for features. Uh, and, and that should be driven by the banks, as we've said. Uh, Definitely more around fraud and fraud prote- prevention. This is key going forwards because when banks start opening up APIs, there's going to be more new sophisticated criminals out there trying to find ways to break in. And just more auditing, monitoring. And uh, one of my favorites, more regulation. Like oh we, we need to make sure that people play by the rules. And but as we know, there's fintechs like to create their own rules and then play later on. So it'd be good to... <laughs> them more in line.
0: I I wonder if that's sort of from from experience, but I won't I won't ask. So I hope regulators you're out there listening to this and you understand that you have a friend in Stephen. Yes.
1: And definitely not from my
0: experience. Okay. Any last words for us? Any last words of wisdom on APIs?
1: I, I think APIs are really a good thing for the entire banking community, whether it's the neo banks or the traditional big banks. Uh, the big banks are always going to be the foundation, and let the neo banks sit on top of that foundation, so we can work in a nice make banking global like it should be. So it's just seamless and easy, and just gives the end users the best experiences possible.
0: Okay, I think that's that's a word to live by. Make it easy, put our clients in the middle instead of products and services, and make it happen globally. Excellent. Thank you so much, Stephen, and thanks to all of you who are listening to Digital Dump. Our aim is to tackle a topic of interest in the world of technology, that is Steven's world of technology on a weekly basis. So if you have a topic you'd like to know more about, please let us know. Thanks and bye bye for now.
1: Thanks, bye Abram.